Have you ever wanted to start a podcast? Well, now it's super easy. All you need is Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. So if you would like to start your podcast today, head on over to anchor.fm slash start to join myself and the diverse community of podcasters today. Once again, that is anchor.fm slash start to begin your podcast journey today. How you doing, Internet? I appreciate you joining me for another solo episode of Demented Cast. First, I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who listened and shared the first two episodes and showed support. Also, we are on a... Nah, we are unavailable. That that doesn't make sense. We are available on Spotify, Stitch Radio, and all other major podcast outlets. We have also activated viewer sponsorships. You can subscribe for 99 cents, $5, or even 10 by going to my Anchor profile via the web browser at anchor.fm slash dementedgamer. You don't have to support... So, eh. God damn, I can't talk. You don't have to support financially, but it it is always appreciated if you do. That out of the way. Let's get into my first topic for this episode. Assassin's Creed. The main reason I want to talk about this is I want to talk about the current state of the game and where I want to see it go from here on out. Um, I, I like what Ubisoft has done to revitalize the franchise uh this is coming from someone who started playing from assassin's creed 1 and i've played every single one since except for some of the like spin-offs uh, but at least all the mainline assassin's creed games and for someone who started on assassin's creed 1 and has played them since i was burnt out on assassin's creed by probably unity maybe rogue i like rogue it has one of the best stories but for the most part i was burnt out on assassin's creed by the time rogue came out and i i really wanted to see them take it into another direction i wanted to see assassin's creed go somewhere or do something new and refreshing to the franchise To give it this breath of fresh air. And we finally got that in Assassin's Creed Origins. It was the first time we saw the combat of Assassin's Creed completely revamped. Uh, We got to watch the birth of the Assassin Order. Although they, they never call themselves Assassins in Origins. It is the birth of the Order. I believe what are they, uh, they call themselves the hidden ones in Origins. Once once they uh, leave behind what they were before, uh, which is Medjai, and they they were sort of like this weird police force in Egypt or whatever. So we got to see that, but also we saw a new form of combat in this kind of Dark Souls esque style. Um, it was very it relied heavily on parrying attacks, uh, waiting for your uh, enemy to 
attack you and then parrying and uh, countering. It was it was a nice change of pace. It was one of my issues with the Assassin's Creed combat is it got very it was fun at start, but eventually it just became very mundane. It, after a few hours, you just there wasn't much challenge to it unless you got swarmed by too many too many enemies. Uh, this version of combat also changed the NPCs to they'd react uh, they react to you differently to where you would it wouldn't just be one enemy attacking you at and then next another enemy it was you could be attacked at the same time by two different enemies coming at you from two different ways which was a nice change uh, so you had to be on your toes at all times you couldn't just stand there and wait all the time you'd have to make sure uh, someone wasn't coming up behind you and in front of you, you, it made you have to be more aware of your surroundings. So it was really cool to see Ubisoft completely change the combat around and make it something different. The open world elements of Assassin's Creed, it's always had an open world element to it. It wasn't until probably Black Flag they really expanded upon that and took you to places where they they would drop you in this small little island in Black Flag and once you finish your sort of tutorial it'd be like okay here you go here's your ship uh, go explore go sail and Black Flag's map was big London was big France was big but it wasn't until Origins where they they made a map that is just massive like odyssey's map is so big it felt overwhelming uh i'm someone who thought seeing horizon zero dawn's map was overwhelming but when i saw odyssey and really got to zoom out and see the entire map i i felt overwhelmed it was there that i knew like this game was a hundred it was a hundred hours plus if you really wanted to just run through this world and do everything and so that that was really nice to see as a change um, a lot of the open world elements of previous games felt very just miscellaneous tasks uh, the feathers like collecting feathers in brotherhood and two to collecting like the Borgia flags and stuff those all felt very mundane. Uh, the quests in Odyssey and Origins feel a lot of them are really well voice acted and have, they can lead to much bigger quests to you finding gear that is outstanding. Uh, this franchise has gone to great lengths to become more of an RPG, offering uh, gear sets. If you, if you find a set of gear you like, you can go and easily upgrade that to make it better than the gear you found in a secret tomb that is that originally said it was like 200 uh, points higher. You can easily go and upgrade a gear you like more to be greater or equal to that. The 
The RPG elements really added a new playstyle to the entire game. As long, along with the new skill tree that Assassin's Creed has, um, it offers a greater um, level of playstyle. You don't just have to play stealth, you can, or if you want to just play stealth, you can upgrade your assassin uh, tree all the way and just play around with the different abilities. There's one that allows you to throw the Spear of Leonidas into an enemy and pretty much teleport to him, killing him. You can upgrade that to chain that attack. It's very reminiscent of Shadow of Mordor in Shadow of War. You could do that in that game with the Shadow Strike ability. It's very reminiscent of that. Uh, overall, I like the move towards more RPG elements. Uh, Ubisoft allowed you in Odyssey to go in and actually pick a gear set, but if you don't like how that gear set looks, you can hit square on the PlayStation controller at least. I played on a PS4, so it was square, and you could change that gear to look like any piece of gear you wanted so you could actually get your character to look like an assassin which was really nice it was really fun to do uh, i enjoyed the small amount of customization you had in some of the previous games but most of it was it was just a full suit like a full uh you had to change it to uh, completely different suit, you couldn't change pants to shirt to hood, whatever. So it was really nice to see them allow you to pick any gear you wanted and then make it look however you wanted. I often found myself either going in and making my character look like a full Spartan soldier or like an assassin. So. The level of customization, the RPG elements, the wider open world with more things to do that don't... A lot of the side quests and the side objectives in Odyssey and Origins didn't feel mundane. They didn't feel like, oh, I have to do this because it's, it's in the world and I want to complete everything. A lot of it felt like, no, I want to do this. I, uh, I, I'm not forcing myself to, I, I want to. So a lot of the RPG elements, that aspect, the refined combat, that felt a lot better than what it had been previously, all culminated, culminated into a renaissance for Assassin's Creed. And I can't wait to see where they uh, go like later on. And how they improve upon this new combat system and these new RPG elements they've added. One of the things I would like to see them improve upon is the dialogue trees they introduced in Odyssey. Uh, I want there to be more choices. When they when they first said that there was going to be a dialogue tree, I was hoping it was going to be a, not as extensive as something like Mass Effect because this was the first time Assassin's Creed really had dialogue trees. But I was hoping for a little more effect with your dialogue trees. A lot of the dialogue trees just felt like, no, just click it so you get more information. 
which sometimes it felt, well, they could have just told me this to begin with. Like, why did I have to pause in between a conversation to pick? They, they could have just shared this with me originally. There was no reason for that to be there. There's a couple things here and there that I don't want to say because I don't want to spoil anything for someone who's looking at playing Odyssey. There are a couple spots where your decision does matter and does affect the game. However, most of it was just there. It didn't have any real effect to it. So I would like to see them expand upon that and have your choices affect uh, situations greater. I know some sometimes it can be hard with a game like Assassin's Creed where you're trying to you're trying to build your own world, but a lot of the events that you're you're having take place are historical, and you you're like, well, we want it to feel somewhat historic, and so we want it we want it to end the way it was supposed to in real life, and so sometimes it can be hard, but placing a game like Assassin's Creed back so far like in Odyssey and Origins the beauty in that is we don't know as human beings we don't truly know how certain things actually ended up we only know what is recorded and I mean obviously it's very easy to make up certain things so going further back in a game like Assassin's Creed and trying to do that dialogue tree could be a lot easier than something like, hey, we're going to go back into like the 1800s, 1900s, and then add in the dialogue tree. could be a lot harder because you want certain things to fall into place. So, you're, so a game like Assassin's Creed is still somewhat historically accurate. But if they keep going on the path of going further back or staying as far back as somewhere like ancient Greece and or uh, and ancient Egypt, it could be a lot easier and a lot better of an experience. My personal pick for where I want to see them go, I actually have probably three different spots. The first one is feudal Japan, which is in. It's an era that a lot of Assassin's Creed fans and a lot of people are begging Ubisoft to do. I still, to this day, do not understand why they haven't done it. It seems like a very easy target for Ubisoft to hit. Uh, I, I'm hoping that the next Assassin's Creed is finally set in Feudal Japan, but we'll have to wait and see. My next pick for where I would want to see it is actually, a lot of people say World War II. My personal opinion on putting Assassin's Creed in World War II or anywhere to deal with 1940s, 1930s is if you want a World War II Assassin's Creed, honestly, just go back and play the Saboteur. Uh, the game is pretty much what you can expect if Assassin's Creed was to go to World War II. I would personally want Assassin's Creed, if it was going to be put in a major war, I'd personally want it to be World War One. Many people forget how impactful that war was because of World War Two, but World War One was very impactful for the Europe we have today. 
So I would personally like to see Assassin's Creed try to find a way to integrate their Assassin Templar War inside of that. Uh, the Templars could obviously be the Germans or you could even turn it on its head and say they, or the Templars were the ally, uh, the allies, and the assassins were working with Germany. You could very easily do that and flip it on its head, and so then one, there's a twist that nobody's expecting. I just feel like there's more room to do something interesting with World War One than there is with World War Two. Personally, I'd like to see World War One be done in Assassin's Creed than two. My last pick is honestly a. It doesn't matter really where, but I would like to see some kind of Wild West Assassin's Creed. I feel like it could be a really fun, interesting dynamic between the Assassins and Templars, because the Templars are, have always been about war control they want to control everybody uh, and the wild west was filled with a bunch of people who were trying to be free they were they were kind of like land pirates they were living free they did what they wanted they robbed whatever they wanted killed whoever and so you have the templars who are trying to control the men in the wild west and then you have the assassins letting people live free, giving, trying to keep their free will for them. So you get this, you could have this really fun um, recruitment system back from Brotherhood I in Syndicate. I, I personally didn't like it in Syndicate. I liked it in Brotherhood though. So you could bring back that recruitment system and have the assassins trying to get all these different gangs from the Wild West to work together to destroy the Templars and push back their influence from the uh, West. So I think I think all three of those could be really good choices for Ubisoft to take the franchise next. Uh, obviously with something like World War One, it'd be a lot harder to try and improve upon your uh, elements of a dialogue tree and choices having an effect. But I do feel like it, it could work. You would just have to... Obviously, you can't make it affect too big of situations, but you could you could get some effect from having a dialogue tree in a, in a setting like World War One. The Wild West, you don't have to worry about too much. Uh, you can really... The Wild West is the area where I think Ubisoft would have the most creative freedom if they want to continue with the dialogue tree and all these RPG elements. Uh, that would give them the most freedom because you can just say it's set between here and here you don't have to you can call back to certain events but like you don't have to really make it try to fit with too much history like real world history uh feudal japan you would you would probably have to fit it a little bit more I think the most freedom you would get though is from a Wild West setting. I think my top two would probably be Wild West or Feudal Japan for Assassin's Creed. I think both of those would be really good for them. That That's all I have to say on Assassin's Creed though. I think Ubisoft just, 
or actually one last thing I think Ubisoft needs to stick with the no more I think they need to go back to no more annual releases we had Syndicate no Assassin's Creed and then Origins and then we got Odyssey a year later well technically less than a year later I think they need to go at least take a year in between or two years in between um one of my biggest complaints with the franchise is I wasn't looking forward to Assassin's Creed as much as I was after Black Flag. Black Flag is really where I started to be like, okay, I don't, I'm not as excited for Assassin's Creed as I was when they announced 3. So I think they need to go back and just take a year off to two years off between each game really focus on it, really refine all the mechanics, and make us want that next game. But that's all I have for Assassin's Creed. Uh, Let me know. Send me a voice message from Anchor. You can do it straight from your phone on the app or the web browser. Uh, Send me a message and tell me what you think Assassin's Creed needs. I might save them and use them for a future episode that I'm thinking about doing later on, probably episode 10, where I just take a bunch of voice messages, and if you want, you can tweet at me at DementedGamer. Remember, it's a 6 instead of a G, with your ideas on anything I talk about in the podcast. But I'm going to move down to our next topic, which is the... It was the talk of the town all of last week. I'm recording this on January 13th. And so all of last week, it was the talk of town, Bungie and Activision breaking up, as I'm going to put it. Which was kind of a shock for everybody. Nobody really expected this to be news. Well, to break news. Uh... I think we all were just expecting, like, Destiny 2 announcements and stuff. But we got news that Bungie has parted ways from Activision. And so now Bungie is working, uh, developing and publishing Destiny 2 all on its own. And it's, it's kind of exciting. I'm not a big Destiny player. I have been thinking about re-downloading it and trying to get back into it. And I'm, I'm just interested to know how this is going to affect the game. Uh, obviously, Activision was a big reason on how, the, how Destiny was monetized. And this could mean that we could see a change on how big of an impact the monetization is for Destiny, if anything changes with it, or if Bungie keeps it the same. Uh, as of right now, they have full creative control over Destiny 2. And so I I really am just interested to know what they're going to do. I'm definitely going to keep my eye out. Like I said, I've been thinking about loading it back up and trying to get into it again. But there's just so many games out. Anthem drops next month. and I mean, I'm going to be on Anthem for a while. I already know that. Which, that's, that's another topic I'm going to get to later on. But, yeah, I just, I kind of wanted to bring it up a little bit. 
because I also want to pass it on to you and have you leave me voice message, a voice message or tweet at me about what your thoughts on this whole Bungie and Activision split is. Because, like I said, nobody was really expecting this to happen. This just broke news and it was, everybody was talking about it. Um, I, I really... I'm kind of excited to see the future of Destiny and what Bungie has in store for it. Does this mean we could see the a lot of the like monetization that Activision had Bungie do for Destiny? Could we see that scale down a lot? Maybe a little bit? Can we see it go up? Right now, uh, I couldn't find a whole lot of information, but... I'm definitely going to keep my ear to the floor for this whole Bungie Activision split up. But yeah, that's all I have. If you know anything else or you want to start a conversation, like I said, you can tweet at me or leave me a voice message here on Anchor. And yeah, we'll start a conversation. But we're going to move into Battle Royale games. Everybody's favorite, favorite game right now, Fortnite. Uh, a lot of people say Fortnite's dying. Uh, it's actually been quite the talk since probably September of 2018 that Fortnite is dying. I um, personally do not think Fortnite is dying. Uh, if anything, they're they're still going strong, if not stronger than they were probably six months ago. And I think a lot of these YouTubers and Twitch streamers are just saying that Fortnite's dying to get clicks and views on their videos. Uh, personally, Fortnite isn't for me, but I, I can see the appeal of Fortnite. I have played a couple rounds. It's I don't hate it. Um, it's not for me. I'll play a couple rounds here and there, but not often. <sighs> Sorry. Mouth, mouth's getting dry. Uh, Fortnite is definitely still popular. It's still one of the top games on Twitch. It appeals to so many people because of how simplistic the game is. And I mean that as... It's an idea that doesn't take... It's not that hard to understand. It's you and 99 other players dropping onto a big map and the last one to survive wins it is it is a very simple easy concept to understand unlike something like overwatch or rainbow six where you you need to know what characters do what how they work in certain situations when to use this when to use that Um, and a game like overwatch if you use your ultimate at the wrong time. Say you're a Zenyatta who's a healer and you use your ult too early, that could end the game completely for you. Uh, so, unlike games like Overwatch and Rainbow Six Siege, Fortnite's a game that's very easy to understand and appeals to a lot of casual people. And that's not a bad thing. Someone who's a casual video game player is not, that's not bad. Uh, it just, I think that, 
Like with anything, once a big streamer starts streaming a game and they're they're showing this enthusiasm for it and they're like, I really like this game, more and more people are going to jump on it and then you're going to see everybody playing it. Uh, same thing happened with Overwatch, with Rainbow Six, with Ark. There's a lot of games that I watched become very popular or decently popular because one big streamer started playing it and saying they like it more people flocked to it uh, arc was one of those games that didn't become like crazy popular but i did see like this weird rise in popularity for a bit because someone was like i really like this game and more people were like me too and you watch the masses start to play it and like oh okay yeah this is fun i can see why this is fun Obviously, art did not stay there. Art dropped and plummeted. But Fortnite definitely is here to stay. It's I'm more interested to see the new content that Epic adds because it it feels like every other week or every like month there's some giant massive new patch that hits Fortnite that just it jumps right back up to number one on Twitch. And I'm, I'm interested to see how long Epic can keep this giant booming like popularity going for Fortnite and if how far it lasts. I definitely think it'll still be just as relevant as it was in 2018 when we get into like November 2019. I just, I'm more interested to see if it can sustain itself into 2020. Because one of my problems with the Battle Royale genre is it's become it's starting to become oversaturated. Everybody, every gaming studio sees the success that Fortnite has gotten and wants to jump on that train. It started with H1Z1, then PUBG, then Fortnite, and now Paladins has one, Call of Duty has one, Battlefield has one. There's, there's like a new Battle Royale game dropping like every day on Steam. Uh, there's ones that are like 500, like five, 500 v500. So, and they're each trying to do like their own gimmick. Kind of like how when PUBG was super popular and Fortnite came out. Fortnite was like, yeah, we're, we're Battle Royale too, but you can build in Fortnite. Each one is trying to come up with their own gimmick to outdo the other. But right now, Fortnite is stealing everybody's piece of the pie. And I think that that has most, most of that has to do with the fact that Fortnite is free. And the reason PUBG kind of went away from the limelight is it was, it was not free. It was only on PC. And... It was, from what I heard from a lot of people who played it and put a lot of hours into it, it was still very unoptimized, even on PC. And so you have PUBG sitting over here, pretty much just soaking in all of the Battle Royale pie. And then Fortnite comes in with their own Battle Royale. They're on all major platforms. They're free to play. And they have this new gimmick that you can build anything you want. And so, not only that, you have these fun dance mo 
dance emotes that kids will try to do and post on social media. You have all these crazy fun skins. And so then you watch as people start going to Fortnite because they don't, it's free to play. They don't have to pay for anything. And it's fun. And then the other thing too is the reason I think it's so popular is it's super easy to stream. Once you die, you just sit there and you watch other people fight and you can interact with your stream. You can do whatever. Especially if you play in squads and you're the first one out in your squad, you can do whatever. Even if you're not a streamer, you can do whatever. You can start playing music. You can start playing another game on like your phone. And so I think it's just a very easy game to stream. It's easy to understand. And the fact that it was the first Battle Royale game to be on all major platforms and free to play just managed to bump it up to number one for a lot of people and it's it's gonna stay there I don't it's gonna take a bit for something to come in and take a lot of that pie from Fortnite I was thinking it was gonna be Blackout but now that Blackout is out and people are playing it we're still seeing Fortnite at number one so I don't know how long it will last um I will be surprised if Fortnite is still as popular when we get into 2020 just because I don't I don't know how much more Epic can do to sustain it past this year. Well, th- they can sustain it, but they can they can keep it going, but I don't know if they can keep it going with the same popularity going into 2020. So Fortnite is definitely going to be one of those things to keep an eye on for a while and just the battle royale genre is not something that's going to go away anytime soon i think you're going to just see more and more companies try to jump in and take a piece of that pie but that's it for battle royale um i want to move in to our final conversation this one is like the big one that i really wanted to discuss uh anthem It's a game that, when it first got revealed, I wasn't hyped for it at all. I I got these weird flashbacks to, like, the first Destiny when that was revealed. And I, I, I didn't see it as anything but a weird version of Destiny. Like, Bioware was trying to copy what Bungie did with Destiny in their own new IP and also the fact that Mass Effect Andromeda was somewhat sacrificed for Anthem had myself and a lot of Mass Effect community kind of pissed off and they're like hey you you need to make this a great great game otherwise like we're gonna bring hell fire onto you and so Anthem was that game that I saw revealed a lot of my friends were telling me like no this looks amazing this is gonna be a great game and I at first I'm gonna be honest I was on the hating I was on the hate train for Anthem I really was it wasn't until last E3 where they really started showing gameplay and pumping off the brakes since it's coming out next month that I started to change gears a little bit and I was, I was thrown on the other side. 
and I'm looking forward to Anthem. Uh, more and more YouTubers are making videos. Uh, EA flew out a lot of content creators to get hands-on time with Anthem, and so you're seeing a lot of creators upload their videos on, this is my thoughts on Anthem right now, or I got hands-on time, uh, let me tell you how I think. And personally seeing a lot of these gameplays, uh, most of it, at least from the creators I've seen, they have been from like two months ago, like a build from two months ago, and so they weren't final products whatsoever. A lot of it could change by the time the game comes out or even the betas start dropping, which the VIP demo is what they're calling it, which if you pre-order the game, you'll get access to. That is from tw the 25th to the 27th of January. And then the open beta will be, that for everybody, will be the 1st of February to the 3rd of February. So look out for that. Um, I, I am probably going to pre-order a copy this week. And so I'll be, I'll hopefully be streaming Anthem on the 25th or 26th. Uh, but from what I've seen of these, these online content creators like videos of them playing anthem the game looks fun it just it looks fun um i don't i don't know how else to put it besides it looks fun it looks fluid the watching someone run around and shoot all just it it doesn't look clunky it looks very fluid the watching them go from running to flying in their iron man suits doesn't look like it. it it looks fluid they just they're running and then next thing you know they're flying it doesn't it doesn't look like it's too clunky it looks very smooth uh, it it kind of looks like Mass Effect Andromeda's combat system where you're you're shooting your gun at one point and then you're using an ability to back to shooting a gun just like that there's no like delay everything's very again fluid I, I hate to repeat myself so much but it looks very fluid and for someone who I've played the other Mass Effect games I wasn't a huge Mass Effect person and for someone who Andromeda wasn't entirely my cup of tea but it was the best combat in a Mass Effect game and Anthem looks like Andromeda's combat, just improved upon. And I can't wait. Uh, I haven't yet watched their video on the customization, but I've heard that the cust I think they dropped a video on customization. Uh, but I've heard that the customization in Anthem is super extensive. And I can't wait to see what that is. Uh, what it's going to be like I want to be able to like change my helmet change my chest plate arms legs feet uh, change the color logos everything I want to be able to make my entire Iron Man suit into something completely different from the person standing next to me and I don't just mean oh look your helmet and color look different I mean completely different uh, the tank class 
that they have looks insanely fun. Uh, if you haven't checked out his videos before, the Black Hokage dropped his gameplay for Anthem. He played the tank class, and I have to say that that class looks super fun, and I can't wait to try it. Um, I'm usually one to go for a more like assassin-like setup, but I think I'm gonna go with that tank setup because it just looks fun. You get this big like riot shield thing and you can just charge through enemies knocking them down. Um, you get heavier weapons to, that do more damage. It That class looks like a lot of fun and I can't wait to get my hands on this uh, VIP demo and play it. Obviously once I do I will give all my thoughts on Anthem. But also I want to know more about this story. I want to know what this story is going to be. If if there is a like giant overlapping story. If it's just going to be like oh here's the basic um, we've come to this planet and we're trying to survive. This alien race doesn't want us here. I mean, fine. The world better be open and rich and fun to interact with if your story's gonna be that basic. Uh, one of my biggest complaints with a lot of video games and movies and TV is a lot of times you'll have this world that is super boring and a story that's super boring. Or you'll have a world that is super rich and a story that is insanely convoluted. Uh, with storytelling, one of the easiest things to do is if you're going to make a world that is super rich and has an insane amount of things going on with it, then your story can be simple. If your story is going to be super rich and kind of convoluted in certain areas then your world is simple it's the easiest way to do a story uh, you you can have a story that's super com like rich and full of meat and a world that's rich and full of meat but the easiest way to do it is your world is simple or your world is rich the my favorite is when your world is full of meat story is kind of basic it's your average tale the one you've heard so many times before um, I wouldn't be upset if it was a tale of hey we've come to this planet we're trying to survive on this planet oh look this alien race wants us gone they don't want us here I would totally be okay with that as long as I get a world that is littered with content and is it's got a giant fat piece of meat on its bones if not uh i don't know what to say to bungie if they if they drop this game and it does not have any of that i don't know what to say to bungie i really don't i i think if this game flops if this game flops bungie is going to become one of the least liked studios out there um, they they burnt a lot of their fans with Andromeda uh, and a lot of their Mass Effect fans are looking to them right now saying that you need to do right with Anthem if you don't make Anthem good 
you don't drop this game and it is absolutely fire, we are going to bring hellfire upon you. And I don't I don't ever wish for a game to drop and be bad. I always want to see something succeed. But I really, really think that Bioware needs to get this game right. Uh, they have said that there will not be a season pass. Uh, there are microtransactions. From what I've heard, the microtransactions are not uh, anything game-breaking. They aren't. Uh, from the way it sounds, they're not going to be anything that ruins your experience they could just be cosmetic uh, no season pass I mean from the way it sounds right now from where Bioware has Anthem at this point I think Anthem is going to come out I think it is going to be a hit and I'm more interested to see what it is going to be like when the game comes out and where they take it uh, especially if there's no season pass does that mean they're going to drop content for free or does that mean that they're just going when they drop new content is it going to be in a destiny style where it's here's our forsaken king uh, personally i really hope it's not in the destiny style i would rather them just do free content updates if they do that, then I don't care about microtransactions. I really don't. Uh, that's one of my things with Overwatch is Overwatch's content is free. The Their monetization is loot boxes. That was part in... They couldn't... Uh, Activision wanted everybody to pay for the next hero that came out, and... Blizzard told them, no, you can't do that, because that'll break our game. When it comes to a game like Overwatch, if you pay, f if you make your players pay for the new heroes, you will break the game. Uh, so every hero, every map had to be free. So their way to monetize was microtransactions. If they want to do free content for Anthem and still put microtransaction, microtransactions in as their monetization, I'm totally fine with that as long as it's nothing game breaking. Make it cosmetic, make it make it small things here and there. I don't care. If you're going to make us pay $50, $60 for expansion packs later down the road for Anthem and have microtransactions, yeah, I'm gonna be a little pissed off. Absolutely. I don't I don't like when games do that. I'm all for letting a developer get paid and make money but when it's practices like that I, I can't abide by it and I won't support it uh, that's all I have to say on Anthem I'm looking forward to it like I said the beta for anybody who pre-ordered the game will be dropping on the 25th and will go until the 27th and the open beta will start on the 1st and 3rd of February. Uh, that's all I have to say for this episode. Other than I hope you enjoyed yourselves. I hope you enjoyed listening to me ramble on about topics that nobody else really gives a shit about. 
Also, be sure to follow me on Twitter at DementedGamer. Remember, I spell gamer with a 6 instead of a G. And the official Demented Media Twitter account at Demented Media. You can also find Demented Cast at Demented Media on Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and all other major podcast outlets. I thank you and have a good night.